0: Feel like after I left New Orleans, it it felt like starting over. It felt like taking a second trip after that, and it was like the second leg was this totally different trip. Hmm. I went up to Baton Rouge, and I kind of went along the Mississippi River. There's you can it takes forever, but you can actually. You could follow the river road all the way to Baton Rouge. I didn't do the whole thing because it would have taken like five hours. Just to, like Baton Rouge isn't really an hour away. Hmm. and it, So it would have been like a whole day and I didn't have okay. that time. But I did stop and see a couple of the old plantations that are along the river. Oh, wow. The one that I spent the most time at was the um, Oak Alley Plantation, which is pretty well known. There were a lot of people there. I was there on a weekday and there were a lot of people there. I went to Oak Alley because of the because of the beautiful front walk that has all of the, mm. the old live oak trees over it. Um, but I, I I don't know. As someone who's a northerner, it's hard to tour these places. And I thought the Oak Alley Plantation did a good job of not skating over its history that way. They, in fact, the old slave quarters were still there and they had a very good walking tour that you could go through and see what life was like for those people who lived there. But I don't know, it's... I had a hard time being there. Um, yeah. And and what was really surreal is there were a lot of um, tourists visiting from places like China when I was there. Hmm. Um, and they were like, there was this couple, a Chinese couple, um, not Chinese American, but like visiting from China. Mm-hmm. And they asked me to take their picture and they ended up doing like their whole, they were there with one of their mothers And they were doing like a whole engagement shoot there. And I just, that feels so weird to me, like doing your engagement photos at a place that used to have slaves. Like, that, what? That's terrible. Apparently it's a thing. Yeah. And these plantations now, that's how a lot of them make their money. Like, some of them are, a lot of them are open for tours and things, which is what I did. But they also, Especially Oak Alley, they have like farm-to-table dinners and weddings and stuff, and I just I can't I can't I okay I can see that that they need those things to and the upkeep of these places yeah right but I just so I mean at what point like then you weigh is it more important to keep these places open to the public so that we can come and see our past I know I know and I don't want to skate over that right. But I feel like they should be treated more like memorials. Yeah, I guess. Right. Like, you would never have your wedding at Camp Minidoka, <laughs> okay? And like, you can visit Camp Minidoka; it's a National Park Service property. I don't know what that is. It's a Japanese internment camp Ew. in Idaho. Okay. Nobody's gonna have their wedding at right, Camp right, Minidoka. Right. Yeah. The only people who had their weddings at Camp Minidoka were the people who were interned there. <laughs> they had weddings there, right? Um, don't have, yeah, your engagement shoot at a freaking plantation, please, yeah, like please. I that's that's messed up. Or have your I like mean, don't have a yoga retreat at a plantation, do. like please don't. And that those sorts of things happen. And oh, that's terrible. I can't handle it. Yeah, I really can't handle it. Uh, I went up to Nashville. After that, and I polished off my forty-eighth state by doing that. Wow! I had never been to Tennessee, which is really weird. Huh? Yeah, it's so long. I feel like you have to drive through it to get to yeah. another place pretty frequently. But... I've been in places where I could throw a rock and hit Tennessee. <laughs> I even have a drawing that I did from a plane over Tennessee. Mm. But I had yeah. never stepped foot Still in does Tennessee. Not count. I know. I just was having this debate with somebody about like if you don't leave the airport. No, yeah. it's, it's firmly, you have yeah. not been there. Yeah. Like, you cannot count that yep. as a city. Okay, anyway. 48, wow. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, I need somebody to send me okay. to Hawaii. Yeah. What's, and then what's fifty? Alaska. Okay. I drove the, the um, Natchez Trace Parkway. Have you heard of that? I have not. Have you heard of the Blue Ridge Parkway? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Okay. It's not as long, but it's like 500 miles long. It's run by the National Park Service, and it starts in Natchez, Mississippi, which is on the Louisiana border. It's like, there's no traffic lights. There's no um, trucks allowed. Speed Hmm. limit is 50 miles an hour. And it just goes through the woods all the way up through the corner of Alabama and then dumps you out just west of Nashville. Hmm. I had two reasons to go to Nashville. Um, One, my aunt just moved there. So my dad's baby sister... Who is awesome? She's a Hoot. Also named Mary, Mm -hmm. Aunt Mary. Um, She and her husband just moved to Nashville. Um, So I went to see them and then I I made a pilgrimage to see Hatch Showprint. I am so glad that you did this. Oh man, I love their stuff so much. Yeah. So for people who aren't familiar with Hatch, um, Hatch Showprint is a letterpress studio. They have made uh, the show posters for musicians and other... They've done more than that, but they're known for their show posters. They've done that since 1879. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so they're... I think technically they're the second oldest shop in the country, but... You know, I don't I don't care. actually know who the... I know. <laughs> I mean, that's I know. amazing. Um, so... Jessica knows the woman who runs the place, Selene Aubrey, who whom I knew through social media, but I had never met her. And she was so generous. She, I asked her if she'd be willing to show me around because you, if you go there, um, they are current. They they are now under the auspices of the Country Music Hall of Fame, hmm. and so they're inside the museum now like they've moved they're not in their like their shop is now inside the museum huh. so people who visit the museum can see them but you can't go walking through the studio like for safety reasons so mm-hmm. there's there's basically like this barrier you have to like stand behind the barrier and peer in. and and so i was hoping i could maybe see a little bit more than that so i emailed Cellini jessica put me in touch with her and i was like i'm gonna be in town for the first time i'd really love to see hatch would it be possible to meet you for a little bit and Maybe see a little bit inside. And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. So I came in. She spent four hours with me. Whoa. She spent half a day with me. Wow. So generous. Selene, you're awesome. Thank you so much. That That's was amazing. amazing. Yeah. She showed me everything. Like, every, she took me in the back. She, like, pulled out woodcuts that were 100 years old for me to look at. She you know, we went rifling through cabinets and things. It was just incredible. That I got to see like every nook and cranny well, in that place. she knew her audience. <laughs> <laughs> it was just amazing. And to see the history of the shop that really paralleled the history of the country music scene and the, and the songwriting industry in Nashville was just fascinating. Hmm. So you'd you'd kind of have these parallel industries kind of growing up side by side and they both kind of fed each other. So you'd see these posters advertising, you know, Johnny Cash at the Ryman Auditorium or or whatever and this poster history also had I think in a way a part in preserving the music history of nashville like they almost tore down the ryman auditorium and it's it would have been a crime had they done that Mm. and uh, nashville has suffered like a lot of cities in the midwest and in the south where um they have torn down a lot of the old buildings and put it in parking lots and um so a lot of the old honky tonks and uh there used to be a lot of print shops in nashville Mm. those places are long gone a lot of them and so what people know about now in Nashville is like one little strip of honky tonks that it's like Vegas or Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And um, places like Hatch are still going. And so they're still preserving a glimpse of what that city was like and has been like for so long. So it it's, was just fascinating. And especially I'd never been there before. So I kind of got to have like the real tour for what Nashville really feels like and not the sort of gentrified suburban city that's kind of swallowing everything mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, it's gotten to be kind of a hot destination. Very much so. I th- and a lot, of, like my aunt, a lot of Northerners are moving down there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because the climate's, the climate's nice, you know, Mm -hmm. they don't, my aunt was sick of winter and so, although they, they they get snow there, but not like you do in New Hampshire. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, after Nashville, I kind of started winding my way West and I wanted to see the Southwest and, um, but I didn't want to be on the interstate if I could help Mm -hmm. it. So I, I went through, um, I went diagonally through Arkansas. I saw hot springs, Arkansas, which was a Victorian, resort area hmm. victorian and early 20th century and there were natural hot spring baths there and the whole town or part of the town is a national park now oh and so you can go into these old bath houses and see these like old soaking tubs and wow. there's like stained glass ceilings it's oh beautiful. my gosh beautiful oh wait did you post a stained glass yeah the mermaid yes the naked oh, mermaid that's lady gorgeous yeah huh yeah so when people will go and take the waters in okay. hot springs yeah oh, that was beautiful it was huh. completely madhouse i was there on a saturday and there were like a billion people there and were they bathing or touring um both okay the, the some of the old buildings are just kind of museums now but okay. a lot of them are still operating in their like spas and i didn't do any of that but you can you can go and <laughs> have a mineral soak and wow have a massage and huh. have a warm bath or like yeah so it, it was beautiful um, I also stopped in Little Rock to see the um, the high school where uh, the Little Rock Nine, hmm. the the black students, integrated um, and had to have the National Guard come in to protect them during that school year. That's also run by the National Park Service, although the school is still a high school and they're still the Tigers. Wait, they still so they're in a high school that's run by the National Park Service. There's a museum. the The Park Service helps maintain the building, and there's a museum across the street. Huh. Um, but the school is still a high school. Wow. Yeah. So it was one of the battleground schools during the school integration Okay, um, And this was in the late 50s. Um, I got to drive across Texas again. <laughs> <laughs> did you go a different oh, way? yeah. I fr- stopped drawing here. Yeah, I did. I did go a different way. I, I overlapped a tiny bit because I didn't have a choice. Um, so let's see. In Nashville, I kind of... I actually, I actually went up into Kentucky for a bit because mm. I could. <laughs> Um then I attempted to take a river ferry, one of the last river ferries across the Mississippi, and huh. I was prevented from doing it because the river had flooded, so they had to mm. they had to cancel the ferry. But it was one of those old school like you drive down this road in the middle of nowhere, there's no towns at all, and then you the road ends at the river, and then there's a button on a pole. What? And you push the button and you wait and 15 to 30 minutes later a boat shows up. Are you kidding I'm me? I'm not kidding. There's a button on a pole? There's a button on a pole and a white piece of paper taped to the pole that says, push the button. (laughs) That's amazing. That's the system? Yes. Push the button. (laughs) Push the button. And you pay your, I think it, I think it's $14 now. Oh, wow. So uh, how many cars can it fit? Is I had just no one? idea because I couldn't take the boat. I, I oh, drove okay. down there and actually my first clue was that I was like, wow, the river seems really high. It was well into the road at that point. Oh. And like, it wasn't covering the pole with the button, but it was not <laughs> far. And so I was like, Hmm, well, it says push the button. So I pushed the button and then waited and nothing happened. And I do not know, well, how long do you wait with nothing happening? Right. And then this woman pulls up in a pickup truck that was marked with Missouri state parks. And she said, oh, the river's, the ferry's down. And I said, oh, really? She said, yeah, because the flooding, they can't, it's the river's too fast right now. They can't get oh, in okay. across safely. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I looked a little sad. She's like, you came a long way to, you know, like, yeah, I kind of did. And she said, I know a shortcut. So we drove up on the levee. I was following this truck, like on this gravel sort of road, <laughs> not quite a road like first we followed along the bottom of the levee and then we drove up on it for a while. And Whoa. then she took me in this back way to town. She's like, keep following up to keep driving on the levee and it'll hook you up at the interstate. And I'm like, okay. Whoa. And I, that took me to Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> that's bizarre. Well, yeah, I didn't, I went to Memphis and I went to Graceland. Yes, that's right. I'm so glad you did. I'm so glad you have the map. I would have forgotten about it. I was debating whether or not to go because I'm not really an Elvis fan. Like, like, that is not the point. I know. And I was and, and so I was polling my friends and they're like, Well, you can't go to Memphis and then not and it's like your first time in Memphis and then mm-hmm. you tell everybody you didn't go to like that's yeah. not the right story. Nope. So and Graceline is like fifty dollars. It's, it's really expensive. And that's the base that's the cheap tour. Yeah. Like I remember having to pay to get into the gift shop. Oh you don't yeah, you don't have to do that anymore, but you okay. have to pay to park, you have to yeah. pay to see the house, you have to if you want to see <laughs> the records, you gotta to pay to see those. Oh. Like yeah yeah I didn't remember seeing the records I must not have been paying enough for that yeah so and it's this whole big circus like mm-hmm. it's not right in town it's in, it's on the south end of town like in the burbs that were built in the 50s because that's what, where he bought his house and and there's this huge they've now built this huge museum complex across the street from the house and that's where you have to park and that's where you get your ticket and then you have to get on a little shuttle bus to go across the street and it drives you up to the house and then they give you an audio tour which i hate so i'm like and it's like <laughs> on an ipad and i'm like trying to juggle my camera and oh like, I no. hate this <laughs> but it's a self-guided tour of the house at least oh, okay. so you have to you can only go one way really but mm-hmm. you can kind of if you want to hang out for 10 minutes in one room you can okay but i went kind of at the end of the day so there were fewer people i got on the last tour of the house the house is bonkers completely bonkers mm-hmm. in kind of a good way yeah I, I recall being struck that it was a lot smaller than I it had is. thought it's, it would be you know it's on a it's on like a full acre mm. or a couple of acres the lot is huge but um the house itself is fairly modest if you see it from the back you can see it's been added on to a few times so it kind of goes on and on and on that way but Mm -hmm. for the most part it's like a it's a raised ranch from the 50s like it's a very very american kind if you didn't know elvis lived there and if it didn't have a big ostentatious front gate and a couple Mm -hmm. of lions out front you'd be like oh this is just a suburban house on Mm -hmm. a big lot yeah, But you go inside and, you know, the living room has this white piano and the white sofa and the peacock stained glass, which was freaking awesome. And the dining room was fairly normal looking. The kitchen looked completely ordinary, only bigger. It was like an ugly, it looked like my kitchen, only much bigger. It was like an ugly 1960s wood paneled kitchen. And it had even had like the Pizza Hut amber glass pendant lamp you know, that yeah. everybody had in the seventies. Oh like gosh. they totally had that. I forgot about those. It was like, it was like kitchens that we hung out in as <laughs> in our childhood. Right. Only Elvis lived there. That's so funny. It's so weird. But then you, you go downstairs and things start getting weird. Um, Cause downstairs <laughs> is where he had like a rec room and um, his pool table room was bonkers. <laughs> There's, there's a pool table in the middle of the room and I don't know why but the whole room was completely draped in fabric and it was one I don't know if it was one piece of fabric but it was all the same pattern it was this, some loud pattern like paisley or something <laughs> and it was it was had like a top knot in the middle of the ceiling and then it radiated out in these elaborate pleats out across the ceiling and then down the walls so it was it was like claustrophobic and Eesh. completely 70s and weird <sighs> And then across the hall was his music room and his TV room. So he had like five televisions all, he'd watch like all five at the same time. And he had all of his records in there. And then he had this terrifying ceramic monkey on a coffee table, which all I could think of was Bubbles the Chimp. <laughs> and it just, it it was just weird. And mm-hmm. So it was this strange mix of ordinary and completely bonkers um, and opulent and and white trash. Yeah, right. You know, because he grew up in Tupelo. And I went through Tupelo. Like, I saw his birthplace on, on the... It's right off the Natchez Trace. So I, like, saw the little tiny shotgun shack where he was born, and then he's got this you know, this is what happens when poor people get money and they maybe don't know a lot about interior decorating or taste. (laughs) (laughs) This is what they do. (laughs) But then like, so I was like, okay, this is weird and kind of in a cool roadside attraction way. I'm still not sure it's worth paying $40 just to see this part of the house. But then I actually paid the extra money to go see the museum. And it was great because there's nobody there. By that point it was like the end of the day. So they just stay open long enough for people from the last tour to like mm-hmm. see the museum and buy mm-hmm. stuff at the gift shop. So there's nobody in there. All of his crazy suits are there. Like all his wacky outfits. All of his gold records are there. His cars are there. Mm-hmm. And you kind of start getting like they have like a whole gallery just of his like his movie posters and stuff. And then they they have another wing where they have the costumes of of his contemporaries, like Loretta Lynn and Johnny Cash, some of these other people. And you start to get a sense for who he was as a performer. And I walked in there like not really giving a crap. And I came out of there like with like Elvis CDs and a total convert. <laughs> and I've had an Elvis marathon like two days on the trip after that. Oh, and it's so just, funny. I don't know, like he totally converted me so would that have been a better place to start i didn't have time to start there i I had to get into the house first or else i would have missed it but i don't know maybe i feel like the house for all his excess he still was like that kid from tupelo Hmm. who got in some ways you can still see him as that polite naive kid who got repackaged by the music industry right and you can absolutely see that. And I don't know, maybe maybe other people who go to Graceland see him as this superstar and they're making a pilgrimage. But I saw it as like, this is a, this is a humble kid who made it big mm-hmm. and didn't quite know, know what to do with himself. And then he had this sad end. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe I didn't take away the same thing that everybody would, but I kind of fell in love with him a little bit. Really? It feels like a very American story. Extremely. Like the Extremely. whole, every part of it. And, like, all, and uh. in the most grand excessive scale. Like, mm-hmm. it's like the American dream times a thousand. Right. And and with the ensuing disaster that can yeah, happen. exactly. Was he like 17 or something? He was really young. 20 or 21. Oh, okay. He was young. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Elvis. Yeah. And he's not a saint, you know. Right. But yeah, I, I just really... F- for all of the glitz and all that stuff like I just I couldn't stop thinking about who the person was mm-hmm. um, I went to Texarkana just because it's got a weird what name and I wanted to that? see it it's, it's like it's named for um, Louisiana Arkansas and Texas because it's near the border it's on the border of Texas and Arkansas and in fact the border bisects town so okay. Main Street is on the border oh so when you I don't know if it's called Main Street it might be called something else. But so they have hanging from the light poles are little state flags. So on the east <laughs> side of the road are all these Arkansas flags. And on the west side are all these little Texas flags, which is awesome. Exactly the sort of thing I'd want to do. And this it's also the county seat. So the county building straddles the line. But, and there's like a roundabout that goes. Okay. Like, like the road splits to go around the county building. <laughs> it's so Totally weird. up my alley. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So then I drove to Dallas. And Dallas, I was like, eh, Dallas. I don't know. I kind of was expecting more of Dallas. But. Dallas has mostly been, all the old stuff has mostly been torn down, and Mm. it's very, extremely sprawly. I wanted to go to the book depository, but by the time I got there, it was closed for the day. Oh, yeah. Right. That's where JFK got shot. So I I saw the building, and I walked around a little bit, Daly Plaza, where it was shot. Um, Dallas was, whatever, a city. Mm -hmm. But Fort Worth was awesome. What did you like about it? It, It has a lot of the old architecture is still there, it has a ton of old like ghost signs and old neon. And on the north edge of town, there's kind of two downtowns. There's like the main downtown and then north of town are the um, Fort Worth Stockyards, hmm. which is where they brought all the cattle. And they still, I mean, I don't know if it's still functioning. It's kind of a tourist trap now. So I don't think they still bring cattle there, but I'm sure they still bring cattle somewhere around there. Cause it's, you know, there's still a lot of cattle ranches in Texas. Um, but there's all these old saloons and old neon signs and all this old stuff that they have actually preserved there. Mm. Whereas in Dallas, they've knocked a lot of that stuff down. Yeah. And so Fort Worth, I loved Fort Worth. <laughs> um, from Dallas, Fort Worth, I had to I had to follow up, not quite to Lubbock, but I had to follow, I had to retrace my route for one small section, because then I headed west across the Llano Estacado again, the flat plain. Into New Mexico, into Roswell, which is not, I'm always disappointed by Roswell. Hmm. I've been a few times now. and There needs to be a lot more alien stuff. Like, it seems obvious. You need to, if you're going to go big, like, you got to right. go big. It's got to yeah, be, like, a wall drug of alien stuff. Right. But it isn't. Oh man, somebody needs to get on that. I you know they're That's sort of like they've added an they've added a UFO to the like welcome to Roswell sign that that wasn't there last time I was there. And uh, I feel like they're leaving money on the table. Totally, <laughs> like they need to. Somebody needs to go to like the Corn Palace or go to Waldrog yes. and take some notes. Yep, because that is how you get people to your <laughs> middle of nowhere town. Right, um, and everyone's heard of Roswell. Totally, everybody Hello. knows. Everybody's seen the X Files. <laughs> So there is a UFO museum in the middle of town and it's got kind of a cool mural on the side of it. And they have, they have the type of street lamps that have those kind of ovoid globes on them. Hmm. Somebody put little alien eyes on all of the (laughs) street globes downtown. That's a step in the right direction. Like I can totally get behind that. (laughs) Hire that person. Yes. (laughs) And I think that's officially like that's, that was done by the city. Oh, okay. Okay. Like that's. That's the sort of thing you want to do. Yeah. But it's kind of a, you know, economically depressed town. It's it's just, you know, it needs to be like chock a block full of cheese ball alien yeah. stuff and it isn't. That is disappointing. Yeah. So I stayed in Ruidoso, which is about an hour past Roswell in the mountains, which is pretty. It's, you know, up, it's up at elevation, hmm. a little windy valley town. Then the next morning I went down to Alamo Gordo, home of the world's largest pistachio. <laughs> they grow a lot of pistachios there, okay. so there's a big there's a pistachio farm, and there's a big fiberglass pistachio, like 30 foot tall pistachio. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> and then I went to White Sands National Monument, which hmm. is where Boys to Men had that video. Oh my gosh! Yes, yes. See, you yes. know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah. I went there. (laughs) I'd never been there. That's so funny. And it's super weird because it's it's sand dunes, but they really are. It looks like snow. It's pure white. It's so white. Like, even with... I was wearing sunglasses, and I was blinded. It was so white. And I was there very early in the morning. I was there, like, 7.38 in the morning, and it was Hmm. still, like, oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Um, And the dunes are in the middle of a missile range, so there's, like part of the dunes are carved aside as a national monument and then the rest of the dunes is where they <laughs> blow shit up for the military. Okay. And every so often they close the highway and it's closed for like an hour at a time because they're doing missile drills and they don't want anybody anywhere near. Uh-huh. So I didn't happen I was there which is thankful. But yes. Yeah. That was, it was eerie and That's, strange. Yeah. That really is. Yeah. That's very disconcerting. Yep. Um, Then at Las Cruces, which is where everybody ends up, because it's kind of, Las Cruces, it is a crossroads. Right, yeah. No matter where you are, you're going to end up in Las Cruces. So then I headed west on the interstate for a time, because there's nothing else there. And then just before the Arizona border, I dipped south on this little road, and then I went into Arizona for this little tiny town called Portal. And Portal is a sky island, We talked about this in the Islands episode. Yes. So Portal is at the base of one of the Sky Islands, and it's like a 1,000 feet above the valley, so it's much cooler there. It was like Mm. 15 degrees cooler even in the middle of the day. Wow! And there's all these shady sycamore trees everywhere, and it's one of the top bird-watching spots in the whole country. Huh. And I knew nothing about it. Right before I left on the trip, I was at a craft fair in Tacoma manning a table, and this woman comes up to me, and she follows my blog, so she knew I was going to go on this trip. and. She said, oh, if you're going to be in Arizona, you should go to Portal. Do you know where that is? And I said, no, I've never heard of it. And she told me about it. And so I went. And so afterwards, I ran into her. And I'm like, I went to Portal. <laughs> it was great. I bet she was thrilled. Yeah, it was what, beautiful. Was she telling you to go because of birds? Birds, and it's just beautiful. And I didn't I didn't see jack Diddley in terms of birds when I was there. I mm-hmm. was only there for like an hour. And um, it was like the middle of the day. So a lot of the birds were like yeah. you know, roosting somewhere. And. But I stopped, there's like a little tiny general store there and there's a little hmm. tiny post office. And I chatted, to, there's like a volunteer lady who works at the post office and I chatted her up. And then I went into the little general store and bought an iced tea. Both places had like a little sign-up sheet where you could put birds that you've seen on there. Wow. Yeah, I just love places like that. So then I went back to my little road and then I continued on my back road down to Douglas, which is a border town. It's on the Mexico border. Um, Got to see the border fence. Yeah. Very large fence. Yeah. It's more like a wall. Hmm. Still interesting town though. And there was a lot of like the architecture there felt a lot like what you might see in Mexico. Like a lot of like Adobe apartment buildings in a row that are sort of one story places. Then I can, uh, if you continue on the road, it, it dumps you out near Tucson. But on the way you pass through Bisbee, Arizona, and Tombstone, neither of which I'd been to. And Bisbee, I just, I sort of knew about, like I I had seen it mentioned before as like a cool place. Bisbee is home to the Queen Copper Mine, which is, I don't know if it's the largest, but it could be. It's like one of the largest open pit copper mines in the world. And it's still there and it's right next to the road and you can like pull over and look into this giant gaping pit. But they started mining in the 18... 70s maybe and the town is built in this narrow little canyon adjacent to the mine hmm. and on the south end of town is um oh, lowell is the town of lowell okay which was in like the 1930s it became like its own little thing and it looks like a movie set it's kind of a ghost town hmm. but it's beautiful but then bisbee is much older bisbee is like a victorian era town built into this very narrow kind of y-shaped canyon and you have these ornate painted lady victorian hotels and stuff and brick buildings just chock-a-block shoved in this narrow canyon and there's all these little streets that wind through and the streets are barely one car wide and it's phenomenal and gorgeous and beautiful and Hmm. kind of unsettling because the mine is right there yeah Yeah. (laughs) it was amazing and totally unexpected for me because i didn't know anything about it and then you go to Tombstone, which is, like, the world's biggest tourist trap, and awesome for that way. Like, they reenact the OK Corral five times a day. I love it. I paid the $14 to do it, and yeah. Yep. Awesome. You have to hear a lot of gunshots, so don't go if you get headaches, but so cheeseball. It was great. <laughs> what was your post? Caption was hilarious. Oh, I, I want pepperoni on my Tombstone, because there's already extra cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it looked really excellently cheesy. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the newer movie, which is not historically accurate at all, but it's the one with Val Kilmer, and he's mm. he's, he's Doc Holliday, and he says, I'm your Huckleberry. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think I may even wrote that on your postcard. Yes. And I did not know what it was referencing. Oh, go watch that movie. Okay, okay, okay go watch that Thank movie. You. It's really funny. <laughs> it's it's not historically accurate, but it's funny. Oh, it's funny. Um, they have a um, a historama, mm. which is sort of like a cyclorama. Okay, you know what a cyclorama is? No, there's one at the Met in New York. It's a cyclorama is a mural that's painted in a round room. Okay, so it's like a 360 degree panorama of stuff. There's, I think the one in the Met is of Versailles. Okay, I think, but the historama is like an interactive puppet history diorama thing and it's this big spinning diorama that would it was round like a merry-go-round like those Mm -hmm. old merry-go-rounds but it had like a sloping side so they would rotate it and each side that they rotated to face you on this stage had a little diorama scene on it with like puppet buildings and puppet dead guy and like puppet donkey and it would kind of move animatronically and then while the thing was spinning they would bring a a screen down and they'd project scenes. This was obviously done in the 50s It was narrated by a young Vincent Price. No. Yes! (laughs) No. It was incredibly boring but awesome (laughs) That's amazing and not politically correct at all yeah but they're like tombstone the town that wouldn't die <laughs> and first the tragedy of the mine and they saw it. it was filling with water and there was nothing they could do to stop it and then the little puppet guy's like no no it was so good Gosh, it's amazing you get to see the Historama for free if you pay to see the gunfight at the okay corral good to know yes <laughs> that is so funny this is how i spent my day <laughs> <laughs> i'm so glad you did yeah i missed out on boot hill sadly i um after that it was like the end of the day and i didn't want to pay admission again to mm. go to boot hill and i was kind of od'd at that point point. and now I, i'm kind of regretting it i didn't see the cemetery <laughs>
1: mm. and that's where they
0: have wooden tombstones that say things like um here lies less less more shot to death with a 44 no less no more (laughs) i didn't know those were real yeah okay that's where they stole them from oh my god yeah yeah Hmm. spent that night in tucson which i've seen before the next day i went on another day that you would have hated because Mm. no people whatsoever i went out to the desert to organ pipe cactus which is here national monument Eight miles from the Mexico border. Ain't nothing there, except yeah. c- it's beautiful. You take this very primitive gravel road through the mountains to see the cactus. Kind of like Saguaro National Park, but not right next to a major city. Mm. Um, then I, The drive is so beautiful, because you go through these Sonoran Desert plains, and there's like Saguaro cactus, and it's gorgeous. But there's mm. nothing out there. Like You have to make sure your gas tank is full. And Oh, that's terrifying. Oh, then I went the back road up this way up south of Phoenix, saw some ancestral Bledon ruins, saw neon signs around Phoenix, which is a great sprawling armpit of suburbia, (laughs) but has some good neon signs. Next day, I went to Sedona. Mm. Was hugely disappointed by Sedona. Oh, really? Hugely. I've wanted to go because it sounds gorgeous. Everybody's been telling me for years that Sedona is so amazing. You Mm. gotta go to Sedona. Blah, 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 blah. The scenery is amazing. It is beautiful. The red rock there is stunning. But, There's stunning red rock all over the Southwest. Mm -hmm. What makes Sedona something special is that there's this new age hippie baby boomer town full of yoga shops and like new age crystal things. Yeah. It's supposed to be like a convergent zone of, I don't know, chakras or that's not the right word. But like, well, you can see the face that I'm making right now. That is not my cup of tea. (laughs) You don't say. It looks to me as an like it just it looks like a suburban strip mall, except it's all yoga studios and crap like that. Hmm. I it was incredibly touristy. There were a million people there even on a weekday. They have those damn pink Jeep tours that take you out and like rumble over the red rocks and I just like mm, yeah, no. Hmm. There is a really cool rock formation called the Coffee Pot. It really looks like an old coffee pot. <laughs> But, and I went to Red Rock State Park and the scenery is beautiful, but I just, it's no, it's no more beautiful than the Red Rock Parks of Utah Mm. with far, like there's fewer people at a lot of those places. Mm -hmm. So I just, I don't know, it felt overrun and over-touristified and polluted and Mm. I don't know. That's too bad. Yeah. But there was a really great little, um, some of the surrounding towns have like these crazy mining histories and have really interesting architecture and there were a lot fewer people there so I was much more interested in the stuff that was around it there's some ancestral Pueblin sites like Montezuma's Castle is nearby and um, so there's a lot of really interesting stuff there I just thought Sedona was the least interesting of all of it Hmm. and I was really looking forward to it because people have been telling me about Sedona for years and I finally got to go and I was like what the hell (laughs) so I actually was kind of mad when I left there (laughs) then I went over super windy roads in the mountains and then I went to nothing Arizona because there was nothing there yeah yeah then I went to Lake Havasu City home of the London Bridge yes my grandmother lives there now okay she's lived there for a little over a year So I stayed a couple nights with her. We went and sang I sang karaoke for the first time in my life. Oh my goodness. At the Elks Club. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh they even had oh my god, there's so much elk themed decor in there. It was awesome. Yeah. That is, that's wonderful. There's nothing old in Lake Havasu City except for London Bridge because the mm-hmm. city wasn't incorporated until the 1960s. So it's very like suburban. But the Elks Club was fun. And I was the youngest person in there by far. By far, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I, I sang um, Stand By Your Man by Tammy Wynette. Yeah. I was going to do something else, but. It was like, this was the sort of place where you need to pick a country standard or you're, you know, it's like yeah, the Blues Brothers. It. Like, we got both kinds of music, country and western. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just had... Yep visions in my head of people throwing beer bottles at me if I didn't sing a country song. So <laughs> so funny. So I sang Stand By Your Man and then people made me go up for an encore. So Aww. I went back up and I sang um, Crazy by Patsy Cline and everybody oh. was like, oh my God, she can sing. <laughs> That's great. Is there video of this? There is not. Dang it. And I'm very happy about oh, that. But I'm not. I think I wouldn't have had the guts to do it if there was going to be video. Yeah. I understand that. <sighs> yeah. I love the idea of Sing karaoke in the elks club oh yeah I, it's, that's just perfect and everybody had that the special that night was broasted chicken like it's oh there, like gosh. oh my that's god so great it's like i feel like i feel like this trip was like the ultimate slice of america mm-hmm. like the, that was america right there yep <sighs> so after i saw grandma i doubled back because i didn't want to I had just done California last year and I didn't want to do it again and I had didn't want to do Vegas again. Mm. I was done with that. So I doubled all the way back up to Flagstaff and then went up back north up to Navajo Country. And that's where I saw the dinosaur footprints that I I am so jealous. Yeah. I really am. Um I went up to Page, which is way up here. Have you been there? Okay, so yes, yes I have. And when my husband and I were planning our southwest trip that we did uh, 10 years ago, I was using a really old National Geographic map. Oh. And we were trying to make plans. And and the town did not exist. No, Page did not exist at that point. Yeah, Page is a new town. It's new because they- Of the dam. Yes. Yep. The Lake Powell got dammed up. Yep. And so- So this was like late 50s, early 60s. Yeah. Yeah. And I had acquired this huge box of National Geographic maps at an auction when I was in high school, and I still have them. And so I was like, no, 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 we don't need a map. Oh, <laughs> I've God, got and one. there wouldn't have been any roads there, like nothing. It's completely different. Yeah. And it was hilarious to figure that out. Oh and God. then we got to page which is like brand spanking new hmm. like the churches that that wrote did you see the street that has every branch of church and probably Maybe. a synagogue i'm not i can't quite remember i saw it but at like, the very end of the day and i was really tired at that point so i don't think i registered it but i did notice there are a lot of brand spanking new like hotels yeah everything in was fact new. i stayed in one that had only been open a month okay Wow! Yeah, that's very nice. Actually, it was kind of nice because <laughs> nothing was gross yet. <laughs> right? right. <laughs> it didn't have that layer of crime. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think we camped there because yeah, we camped. Oh yeah, so you guys went to Antelope Canyon then? Yeah, yeah. So I—that's I why we were there. The upper. That's why I went there too. Yeah, because I'd never done it. I did the upper one because I was worried about. Everybody had told me about, be very careful with your camera because of the fine dust that's Mm -hmm. going in. And and I was like, I don't want to worry about ladders getting, and my camera. If you do the lower Antelope Canyon, you have to go down ladders to get into it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. We did the upper then. Yeah. The upper one, you can just walk into. So Uh I figured I had enough to juggle going into the, and they don't let you bring your bag in there or anything. So you Mm -hmm. have to, anything you want to bring, you have to carry. Okay. Yeah. Huh? So that's why I did the upper. Yeah, Antelope Canyon was a bucket list item. Yeah, and and were there a million people in there when oh yeah. you did it? There were. Oh there my were a God. million people. And I remember. Did the... they take pictures for you when you're there? Yeah, yeah. If you, yeah, I didn't love that. And nope. So I like she. So I let her do it. Whatever. She knew. She knew, She. Knew, she knew what she's yeah, doing. They do know, know what they're doing. Yeah. But I wasn't interested in that per se. Like she. She was helping everybody take pictures of like the funny formations like this is the one that looks like an eagle and this is the one that looks like a bear which is fine like great whatever but I was really interested in like negative space and this weird you know gorgeous that's what I in like close-ups of these striations on the rock and she she kept looking at me like what are you doing I'm like I'm taking pictures I'm capturing the good part of this. So, like, I gave her a nice tip at the end, and I, like, I just, you know, wanted to be nice and everything, Mm -hmm. but I was like, just let me take my pictures. I know, yeah. Yeah. It was featured in a Donna Karen ad. Oh, no. No, no, in the 90s. Okay. This was the first time I'd ever seen Antelope Canyon. Oh, like the... boys to men video in yes, the 90s it's very, yes yeah. it's the same thing and ever since then i really wanted to go to this place and so that is why we went but um but yeah i can't imagine taking pictures of rocks because they look like an animal that people versus, people were going nuts over that they were like oh look it's an uh, eagle and i'm like that yeah yay oh my gosh have i told you i definitely have a chip on my shoulder because i was a cave tour guide Oh, right, in, and in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. With, with where my husband took his geology yes. students. But we didn't, unfor- unfortunately... Crystal Cave, is that? It's Crystal Cave. Yeah. And so the chip on my shoulder comes from being giving this tour that is very accurate and very educational right for 45 minutes like telling everybody about the rock formations and the different layers of rock and where they're like how they built up and all of this really yeah. good educational stuff the final room in the cave was caveman charlie's room where we had to tell this stupid story about caveman charlie <laughs> in a boat race and how he checked he looked behind him and ran and to the rock and oh over here is his head and over here is his outboard motor oh. and no right so yeah it made, it made me so angry because yeah. like i had just spent so long and you're like i don't want to get fired so i'm not I gonna leave to this do... story yeah. out yeah. i did skip it once and then i got talked to like no people really like the caveman charlie story. it's now. the same yeah, it's like, thing people oh. want to see the part of the of antelope canyon that looks like a bear <sighs> they really do yeah and I, yeah, yeah, I did not like being the person to uh, to give that story to them, but I was required to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but so yes. But even, even with all of that, like it is, and I was not there, it was an overcast day when I went to see it. Mm. And so I didn't get any of the like spectacular sunbeams that come through because there was no sun that yeah. day. It doesn't matter. It's It is incredible. It, like, is it incredible. doesn't matter what it the is weather is. It is absolutely stunning. Although the weather was just overcast enough that I was like... I'm really worried about flash floods uh-huh. right now. We actually stopped at the Bureau of Land Management, the BLM, mm-hmm. before we went into a slot canyon because we yeah. heard these terrible stories, well, including Antelope Canyon. There 25 was like. five years ago, some French tourists got swept away and died. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah absolutely. And and, so, and it doesn't and it, even have to be raining there. It can be no, raining it was 50 Zion. miles away. Yeah. It, like there was a storm at Zion, and it all comes channeling yep. through it's all the same river system i know but it's terrifying yeah. so yeah the only way we would do it is when we checked and they're like nope you're good yeah I like, okay I'm yeah. gonna trust you because that's really scary and then when you're going through some of these slot canyons you see the branches way above you yes that got stuck from the last yep. flood yep and have an idea of how, yeah, and how wrong this can go but i'm so glad i did it and then at the end of the day it cleared up the sun came out and i went to and i actually was planning to do this before antelope canyon i wanted to see horseshoe bend which is mm-hmm. a bend of the colorado river and it's this very deep narrow canyon and it goes in this perfect horseshoe and you can hike out to it and stand at the kind of the apex of the mm. horseshoe and see both sides of it Hmm. I was planning to do it before Antelope Canyon, but it was like the middle of the day and it was hot. It was like before oh, the bet. clouds had rolled in, and it mm. was really hot. It was it was only like eighty five, but it felt so much hotter. And you have it's like a mile and a half or a mile hike out to Horseshoe Point, and it's it's very hilly. So I'm really glad I didn't do it. So I did mm-hmm. the can- canyon first, and then came back, and then at the end of the day, the sun had come out, but it was much cooler, and the wind had picked up, and so then I did the hike absolutely gorgeous and the hmm. light it was like the end of the day so the light was like raking in and bouncing off the oh, river wow. there were a billion people in there too and It was all, it was like foreign tourist day. (laughs) I was like the only English speaking tourist there. Yes, we found that quite frequently on our tour in the the Southwest. Southwest. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody, Um, it's always on a weekday. They always travel on the weekdays. They do, they rent the um, RVs. RVs, What is it? America? Cruise America. Yes. Cruise America RVs. There were a ton of those. And I struck up a conversation with a gal from the Netherlands Mm. and somebody who was German asked me to take their picture. And somebody else who was visiting from like Pakistan, I was talking Mm -hmm. to them and they asked me to take. I always get asked to give people take pictures of yeah, people because I'm not threatening. Because you're non-threatening. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, me too. All this, and I have a big Buku camera, so they assume I know what I'm doing. Right. And also, you're not going to steal theirs. Right. So. Not that. I mean. Yeah. But. I took a lot of pictures of other people for them on this trip. <laughs> Some people I offered, like they'd be trying to do these awkward selfies, and I'm like, you know, I could just do it for I you. I know. Sometimes it's painful, and you're like, let me just <laughs> let me help just you here. <laughs> <laughs> have you read any Edward Abbey? No. I would recommend reading him. So he wrote a book called Desert Solitaire, where he spends oh, I've heard of a that. lot of time in Arches National Park, and he was like a park ranger, I think. It's really good. He also, and I can't remember Writing if it's it in, down in that book or a different one that he wrote. He goes hiking um, through Lake pa- the the canyon that eventually gets flooded when mm. they dam up Lake Powell, and finds like petroglyphs and just he camps on the river like it's a really cool story so he probably went to rainbow arch and all of those i think so yeah, it's I, been a long time since i read it but I didn't do any of that because obviously you need to see it by boat and all that right but. i i was really glad i read that before our trip because it gives you a really good sense of place in the southwest it's sort and of like um i think it's called beyond the hundredth meridian it's by um wallace stegner and it's about mm-hmm. the john wesley powell party mapping out the colorado river huh. um yeah. Um, so I spent the night in Page because there's nowhere else Stary. to stay. nowhere else. Yep. Nowhere else. And then the next morning, I doubled back a little bit. And I went along the Vermilion Cliffs, which I'd always wanted to do. It's mm. like, you know, there's so much to see there that I was kind of playing. This whole trip was like mop-up of all the places. <laughs> like, I've I've spent a ton of time in the Southwest. But almost everywhere on this trip was somewhere I'd never been. That's so great. Because there's so many different places. Yeah, that seemed like the theme of your trip was was mopping up. Yeah. Or, like, this thing I had to pass in the previous trip. Yeah, this trip road and, that I couldn't take. The yep. road not taken. <laughs> I went back and took right, it. Right, right. <laughs> like... Um, do you know about the the Grand Staircase, yes. Escalante? Did Escalante. you say any of that? No, but I. Yeah. But what they're taught, what they're referring to, the Grand Staircase is. The edge of the Colorado Plateau, mm. and I didn't understand this until I was there and I could actually see it. So the Grand Canyon is the bottom of the staircase, and you oh. have one set of cliffs there. Okay. Then you have, I think, the Chocolate Cliffs come next. Huh. Then you have the Vermilion Cliffs, which is what which is, runs along the Utah, Arizona border, and I, you get to see those, and they're these red cliffs. Mm. One level above that is the like the Gray Cliffs, um, and that's Zion. Okay. And one level, the top level is the Pink Cliffs, and that is Bryce Canyon. So Bryce Canyon is at the very, very top of this huge, massive, hundreds-mile-long staircase of plateaus that are eroding away, and the Grand Canyon is is the oldest and at the very bottom. Okay. And I finally understood that wow. concept when I got to that on fascinating four of the five levels or whatever it was. On I this never one trip. understood that reference, yeah. but that makes perfect sense yeah. now. Okay. And they actually, I finally, I want to say at Bryce Canyon they had a um, they had a model, they had like a diorama of what it it was, and I finally was like, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I got to I got to go along the bottom of the Vermilion Cliffs. So once you get out of there, it dumps you into the back door of Zion. And I went to Zion on a Saturday morning at the end of spring break. Oops. Yeah. That's really unfortunate. I knew it was going to happen, but it's just how it worked out. So I had been to Zion before. It's been 20 years, almost Mm. exactly. Uh, I was in high school. I went with my dad. When we went, there was nobody there. You could Mm. drive through the park. It was not discovered yet. Now they get visitors on the order of the Grand Canyon. And so like the Grand Canyon, you can't drive in the main canyon anymore. You have to take shuttle buses. And I I left Page at like five in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I was at the Vermilion Cliffs at like at dawn. Hmm. And so I got that was as fast as I could get there and I got I was parked by like 830, 845, and I got the last parking spot in this huge parking lot. And I still had to wait about a half an hour to get on the shuttle bus. And I was all grumbly about it. <laughs> and so I rode to the very end of the canyon and got out and then kind of staggered bus stops on the way back. Wow. I, one regret from Zion is I didn't walk the Narrows. I walked like the first quarter of a mile. Okay. And I chickened out and I didn't have a lot of time and mm-hmm. I was like I'm alone yeah yeah yeah. my shoes are only sort of waterproof I've seen 127 hours I know how this uh, is that out. where that took place <laughs> no it's not was it's was like the same region but, but not. I yeah I yeah I didn't do it but I don't regret it yeah because, when you're by yourself that's a whole different yeah deal. and I yeah. know I'll be back because my husband still has never been no that's not true he went to Zion as a kid but they didn't do any of that he mm. just drove through like, my it dad was, and I just drove through. I think I didn't... That was the first place we went, and I didn't appreciate it until we had done all the other parks, and then I was like, oh, oh I get it. There's I still just a, remember... Like, that's... It's not my favorite... Like, for some people, that's their favorite park ever. It's huh. it's not my very favorite, but it's very memorable. And yeah, you can still drive the eastern half of the road, like... You can't go into the canyon itself, but you can drive through the tunnel and all of that. Mm-hmm. And that was exactly as I remembered it. I remembered every detail of that, and uh-huh. I remembered every little window in the tunnel, yeah, like yeah. because that made such an impression at the time. It's so when were spectacular. You there? 1998. Okay, uh, huh. I was sixteen. Yeah, right. Just that about would, to turn seventeen. That would make an impression. I vividly recall that tunnel and the windows yeah. and, and, and the and I was talking to my husband to about it he's through. like oh, I remember that tunnel and it had the windows in it and then you get the yeah. view through the window yep. like, yep. it's, it's just visceral yeah and then the view once you get oh my gosh it's so interesting because then when you get and I went the same direction that my dad and I went to I was heading east so the it's still the same sandstone on the other side of the tunnel, but it has weathered in a completely different way. So the rock formations look completely different yeah, that's true. than they do on the other that's side really of the tunnel. That's really true. Yeah. They look very rounded. Very um, rounded uh-huh. and very, like they have these like ridges in them that yeah. they don't have in the Oh, wow. I hadn't canyon, even thought of that. Which I didn't register when I was a teenager, but you know, huh. I observe things for a living now, so I noticed it. Right. But <laughs> it's it's really it's something you don't forget yeah so after that i went i made a loop i was gonna stay that night in cedar city because there's a gallery there that carries my cards but instead of going up the interstate because the theme was avoid the interstate <laughs> i went up and around through the mountains back over and that road back over the mountains was the highest point on the trip i was at ten thousand feet whoa there was two feet of snow it was <laughs> 90 degrees in the canyon that morning <laughs> And it was 30 degrees with two feet of snow at the top of that road. Man, elevation. Elevation. So then I went into Cedar City, and then it poured rain on me there. So that's weird. That is weird. Um, got to see the gallery. She made me a cup of coffee, bless her. Because that's another town where you're not going to find coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't have a Starbucks there. It's not big enough. Oh, that's funny. Um, they might, I, no, I don't think they do. I don't think they have a Good Starbucks. To know people. Next morning, I went right <laughs> back over that mountain road, and I went up to Bryce. Mm. Also had not been for twenty years. That is my favorite park. Is it? It's my favorite, and it was exactly the way I remember mm. it. And unlike Zion, there weren't nearly as many people there. So yeah, it was a lot better, huh? It's you know, it's not it's not near the interstate. It's, you've, it's you it's not of really, the way. Yeah, you really do have to travel, yeah, to get to that one. And it's, it's a lot colder too. It is because it's at almost ten thousand feet. It's at nine thousand feet elevation. So, or 9,500. We rented um, camping gear at the REI in Vegas when we did this trip. And I remember talking to the guy about where we were going and he was saying, like, Ugh, Bryce, too cold. Well, I guess if you live in Vegas, yeah. Right, right. If you're used to it and if, yeah. Vegas so, is in, like, the low desert Mojave. Oh, gosh. And then, It was 117 when we were there. You know, that's the, uh, you bring that up. So, there are four, let me get this right. There are four major deserts in... America, plus the Colorado Plateau, so that's five. So there's the Mojave Desert, the Great Basin Desert, the Sonoran Desert, the Chihuahuan Desert, and the Colorado Plateau. Hmm. And I was in all five of them on this trip. Whoa. All five. Wow. Yeah. So after Bryce, I was going to stay that night just south of Provo, and I was dithering, like, this, that was the only thing I didn't have a plan for. And I was like, oh, I really wanted to go up the backside of the Wasatch, which is um, Highway 89. It's a it's a U.S. highway. I did it 20 years ago with my dad, and I've done bits of it since. Mm. It's beautiful. It's so scenic and lovely, and it's like the, the opposite of the interstate. There's not a lot of traffic, and mm. it's bucolic and beautiful. But I was like, oh, do I just... I don't know how to... I didn't know what I wanted to do to get there. So on the spur of the moment, I decided to continue on Highway 12, which is a state highway. It takes you over like the Red Rock landscapes mm. to Capitol Reef National Park, which I'd never been to before. Yeah. It's one of the Red Rock Desert okay. parks. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of it and it's, seen pictures. It's but... Between Bryce and Moab. Okay. Um, highway 12 is one of the most spectacular maybe the most spectacular highway I have ever driven in my entire life. It is amazing. <laughs> Holy cow, it is amazing. <laughs> At one point you go over a giant hogback and I was like, "Oh my god, it's a hogback." And then I found What's out that? later it's called the hog's back. What's that? So a hogback is the top of a ridge. Okay. That's very steep like a knife's edge. And so, you, if you're standing on a hogback, you're like on a long summit of like a almost like a mountaintop, except it's a long one. It's like a long linear okay. summit, okay. and you can see in a long way in either direction. Well, on Highway 12, there's this long, windy section of a road that goes for a couple of miles along a hogback, mm-hmm. and there's no guardrails. Mm-hmm. And there's a spectacular 800 foot drop on either side, <laughs> and you can see for miles, and it is spectacular. Huh. Holy cow! And you can see like the Grand Escalante. Like you can see the you can see the staircase. It's wow, amazing. And I went up. Um, it go you go pretty high on that road too, and you go through a massive aspen forest, hmm. and there is a. So the largest organism on earth or the, it's the second largest now, because now they've found a fungus in Oregon that's bigger. (laughs) But for years they thought this was the biggest, the biggest organism on earth they thought was a grove of aspen called the pando and it's in Utah. And because aspen, when you see a grove of aspen, they're all clones of the same tree. It's all one, it's all one tree. Okay. And that's why the aspen are in trouble because when you, when one aspen dies off, it's not just one. Usually you, you lose the whole grove because it's oh. the whole organism that you're losing. Huh. So I didn't see the pando... Um, But I did see one that was almost as big and you see it on Highway 12 and I was like, oh my God, this is all, it went on for miles. It was like 20 miles of Aspen. Hmm. And, you know, in Colorado, like when I lived in Colorado, I was used to seeing like little pockets of Aspen, like Mm -hmm. up in the mountains. This was like a whole mountain that was nothing but Aspen. Wow. It was amazing. Huh. And then you get to the top, and you look east, and you can see all of these crazy red rock cliffs, and I'm like, oh my god, I am in paradise. Yeah. That sounds spectacular. Spectacular. I can't even describe it. And Uh no image will ever do it justice. And my friend Mary Alice, she ended up taking that road like a couple weeks later, and she was trying to figure out which way to go in Utah. I'm like, take Highway 12. Mm -hmm. Take Highway 12. And I'm like, be careful of the hogs back, because... (laughs)
1: It'll freak death. you out. There's no,
0: there's no guardrails, and yeah she did it. And she was like, "Oh my gosh, you're right about the no guardrails," but it's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So, kind of went back this way. Almost hit a sheep. Okay. The sheep was walking down the yellow line of the road. It was a big old ram with huge horns. Oh, jeez. I had to. I was going, you know, 55 miles an hour, and I had to like slam on the brakes because he was at the crest of the hill, and I barely saw him bah. in time. And he didn't even blink. He didn't move. I came, like, I stopped, like, right here, and he just turned around and looked at me, like, you're in my road. Ooh, that would have put a dent in your car. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> then I started on the loneliest road the next day, which is the Highway 50 across Nevada. It's um, a portion of the Lincoln Highway, which was the first, huh. um, the first cross-country highway built in America. It was finished in the 20s. So, you go down this way, and then you actually zigzag your way across the basin and range up through, is it Eli or Ely? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's Eli. And then you kind of go across Nevada. I and you end up in Carson City and then yeah. Lake Tahoe. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's eerie because you're like, God, if I get a flat tire, right. people aren't coming for a while. <laughs> Although it was weird because the secret's kind of out about the loneliest road. it's the, mm. Nevada tourism has really pushed it as like a destination to like drive the loneliest road. That's weird. And you can get passport stamps now and you get like <laughs> a thing at the end that says, I survived the loneliest road. <laughs> so it was weird. I'd go these long stretches without ever seeing another car. And then I'd hit this whole knot of traffic. Like I'd, I'd hit like, you know, there'd be like five or six trucks in a row and six or seven cars. Mm. And then somebody would turn or I'd get around them or whatever. And then there'd be nobody again for like another half hour. Weird. It was weird. I saw a wild, I saw a wild Mustang by hmm. right the side of the road. Just this thing. There were signs saying warning and there's wild horses and there were. Wow. Yeah. And it's all open range. So there were sheep grazing like right next to them. I'm like, don't you dare you stay there. <laughs> um, they don't bother with fences. Cause what's the point? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, next morning I went to Reno was disappointed by reno on the way to reno i went to virginia city which is where the comstock silver mine was oh huh. virginia city is cool super touristy but it was really, hmm. really cool up in the, it's way up in the mountains it's like wild west town okay know. and then you it dumps you out into reno on this crazy switchback road through the mountains and then reno's in the valley then i did the long drive up through california then i did the Oh my God, up 97, up through Oregon. i mm. thinking it would be more interesting than five because I've done I-5 a million times. Yeah, I've only done Highway 97 once when we went to Crater Lake one year. And I did it again and I was like, God, you can't see anything. You can't see the mountains from there because you're mm. all in this piney forest for the whole way. Uh, the last thing I did on the trip was I went east a little bit to the John Day Fossil Beds. Hmm. I saw two of the three units. It's spectacular. What, are, what do you mean units? Um, so the park is in three different non-consecutive spots. Okay. Kind of like um, Teddy Roosevelt National Park in North Dakota has two units. a north unit and a south unit, and they're about an hour apart. Huh. This is the same thing. It's okay. got three. The Painted Hills unit is like a painted desert kind of thing. It's beautiful, and I did a little hike there. Mm. And then the main unit is where all the fossils were, and it's this spectacular... I didn't have time to go to go on any fossil hikes or anything, mm. but there's a spectacular museum there that has a lot of the things that they found and it was like the largest site for mammal bones huh that they've ever found wow yeah it's very late no dinosaurs it's all mammals okay. and plants but they have like saber toothed tigers and that's still very cool you have to take cool. your kids they will love it then I like wound my way up through the absolute middle of nowhere it was gorgeous up to mm-hmm. the interstate again on the Columbia River and I did the gorge to Portland got stuck in Portland for like an hour and then I went up and I went home Wow. What do you do on those big long stretches when you're by yourself? I listen to Elvis now, apparently. Now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was what I was listening to on the loneliest road. Wow. Return the sender. <laughs> <laughs> That's so perfect. Yeah. It actually really was perfect. I don't know why, but it just really was. Um, okay, so stats time. Oh, let's see. Number of days on the road, 24. Mm. Total miles driven, 10,310. <sighs> States visited 18, uh, major cities 11, state capitals also 11, although the state capitals are not the same list as the major cities because some state capitals are quite small. National parks and monuments visited 19. Whoa. Yeah. Highest elevation, 9,896 feet, which was on that plateau near Cedar City, Utah. Okay. The Marca Gunt Plateau. And from there, you could look south to see Zion in the distance. No way. You could see the canyon from the distance. And these, oh, like, my huge gosh. Spires. And I'm like, oh my God, Zion. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, lowest elevation, minus eight feet in New Orleans <laughs> in the lower ninth ward. Highest temperature, 96 degrees Fahrenheit. Lowest temperature, 27 degrees Fahrenheit, and I wrote and mailed 328 postcards, and I saw all four major desert systems and the Colorado Plateau. Wow. I have to say, as a recipient of many of those postcards, (laughs) I... Of course, was very happy when you returned. But oh man, getting postcards in the mail like every day. My husband still has his all. They're all ranged on the piano. Yeah, all the ones I sent him. One of them got lost. He didn't get his New Orleans one. Aw, <laughs> they're just such a treat it's so oh, it's thanks. so fun because nobody sends these anymore, and you're really good, like you're very diligent. <sighs> I actually my... it took a lot of time this time i didn't I did more postcard writing than sketching on this trip, really. It's just how it worked out yeah sketch I didn't do nearly as much sketching as I would have liked to, but I had to cover so much ground on this trip there just was not mm-hmm. a lot of time so what was the purpose of this trip? It was just to go to New Orleans for the show, <laughs> but you know uh, In for a penny, in for a pound, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think this will find its way into another book? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of feel like all of your travel is just research. Nothing is ever wasted. Right. It's always going to pop up later. And even if I don't know what the way that is yet, I know myself well enough to kind of trust that it will. Mm Mm-hmm. And even if it never does, it doesn't matter because
1: it was unforgettable.
0: It was this amazing... You know, and it wasn't, it wasn't always roses. You know, I had annoying times and I, my allergies were awful in Utah. Awful. (laughs) My God, it was so bad. It just was so, what I loved about it was it was, I got to see so much of the country, so many different parts. And I got to see New Orleans and Santa Fe on the same trip. And they're such different cities and they're so different from the rest of America but they're still part of America. And I feel Mm. like they're still very much part of our story. And I think that is part of the story of America is that it is not homogenous at all. It is so different in terms of landscape, in terms of culture, in terms of accent, in terms of food. And so part of what a road trip does is you get to see more than one of those things. And I feel like when I travel by airplane, I don't get that experience. And it's really disappointing to me hmm. because now I've seen enough of the country that I know what's between point A and point B. And if I don't get to see it, I'm really sad. <laughs> so- You know you're missing out. Yeah. 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 feel huh. so like, oh, right down there, there's a really great burger joint. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, well- If there's anybody still listening at this point- congratulations <laughs> you win the prize this was an epic journey i i still can't believe how far you went and all the things you it's saw still not the, i mean it's still not the longest my trip last geez. year to california was 25 days and then in 2011 my husband and i did a 35 day trip across canada and back wow wow yeah so it's so i also did the math this is now i think i have now driven cross-country 30 times with this trip and I'm counting, you know, both there and back as two trips because I never take the same route mm, back mm. that I do there. So that's definitely a separate trip for me. Right. But also like a cross country trip for me, like a short trip is like 5,000 miles now. <laughs> so when I hear people and they're like, road trip, we're going to go to Portland. I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not a road trip. Spare me. That's an errand. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And, I have uh, no idea. Well, I have no idea who to toast to. Maybe for our toast, I'm going to refill my glass here. I'm going to toast to Elvis. (laughs) Thanks for getting me across Nevada. And uh, thanks for your crazy house. (laughs) Cheers, Elvis. Cheers. To the king.